I'll give one more minute and then we'll get started. Okay, we'll get started. Hello everybody, thanks for attending this presentation on natural ways to address anxiety and depression. I am Melan Chabarker, a doctor of nursing practice, family nurse practitioner located in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, I'm excited to be presenting some information about natural ways to address anxiety and depression and I know this is a huge issue for a lot of folks um, in around the world in this time of the year. Um, we do uh, notice uh, around the holidays um, that uh, we see an increase in anxiety and depression. And then of course, uh, here in the US, uh, the seasons are changing and in the winter time, so for us in North America, the winter time, we're seeing an increase in depression. So um, we're gonna get started here. And I should you should be able to see my screen. Um, you don't have to struggle in silence. Uh, this is a reminder that um, you know we're here to help, and this is educational material. But of course, uh, this is not a substitute for medical advice, or does not establish a patient-provider relationship. And we want to encourage all of you to take this information to a primary care provider or health professional, mental health professional, before making any health decisions. Um, I am going to be presenting a lot of natural things that people can do on their own, but I always recommend uh, consulting your healthcare provider before you proceed with any of these, um, any of this information. So in general, about one out of every six adults will have depression at some time in their life. And so that's a lot, right? <laughs> depression affects about 16 million American adults every year. And I know there might be some of you that are from outside the U.S. I don't think any of the statistics are going to be different um, for other countries. Uh, depression is very prevalent uh, around the world. Uh, there's about 40 million adults in the U.S., or about almost 20% that have an anxiety disorder. So we're looking at about 56 million adults in America, and this does not account for children. Over half of these adults with mental illness do not receive any treatment. And um, of course, here we are with the pandemic and uh, COVID, uh, the first year of the pandemic, the prevalence of depression and anxiety in America increased substantially. Um, we're talking from 11% to about 40%. And this increase was significant, uh, significantly higher in Black, Latino, and Asian American uh, people are underserved. I want to talk a little bit about stress and anxiety. I think stress... People intermingle those words, and I think um, a lot of the symptoms can be the same, but, um, you know, it's a little different. Stress is a response to something that's happening in your life, and anxiety is a 
reaction to that stress. So a person with chronic stress will have many of these symptoms, but it's usually short term, whereas anxiety can be persistent even when the stressor is gone. So it's like this anxiety for sometimes no reason. I get a lot of people who come in and say, I don't know why I'm anxious. My life is great. I just am anxious. Part of it is the stress response, the hormones, and there's an imbalance in the body that persists. And if you're questioning, you know, is this stress, is this anxiety, what's really happening? Um, there's a quizzes that you can take online. Here's one suggestion from greatergood.berkeley.edu. I also use a GAD-7 or a PHQ-9. These are anxiety and depression scales that are clinically validated. Um, and this helps me understand what happens to, you know, what's happening to someone as they walk into my office. And I actually do these scales on a regular basis at every visit. Just because it's so pervasive. That's why I do that. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the symptoms. Um, you know, we have uh, depression, um, we have uh, anxiety and sort of what are the early signs and symptoms. Um, we have uh, depression. I think early sign of depression would be isolating oneself, having negative thoughts, feeling sad. Anxiety is that sort of the symptoms, shakiness, heart rate, tightness in the chest. You can't think, uh, racing thoughts. Um, and sometimes you don't even realize that you're anxious and you're having all these symptoms. Uh, and that has certainly happened to me. That certainly happened to a lot of the patients. And so this is a clue in a little bit list, a checklist, if you're having some of these things to think, yeah, maybe I just have an anxiety issue. Um, and that's a, a disbalance, that a, a lack of balance of those hormones. Um, advanced signs, and there's so many here, but I've listed them and we'll just quickly go through them. And again, this is just for your information, if you're having these symptoms, actually to reach out for help. Um, feeling down or depressed most of the day, not interested in activities. This is for depression. Significant changes in your weight. Difficulty sleeping. Difficulty falling or staying asleep or sleeping too much sometimes. Uh, fatigue or really tired. Difficulty concentrating. Uh, recurrent thoughts of death. Uh, distress or impairment in your any of your social, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. I want to add to that uh, sort of ideas of harming yourself or others or uh, making a plan. And those are usually real big flags for us in clinical care to get help for someone immediately. Anxiety, excessive worrying uh, occurring more days than not in the last six months, feeling restless, fatigued, tired, similar symptoms to depression, difficulty concentrating, irritability, muscle tension, uh, just again, the sleep disturbances, um, and then again, uh, impairment in any of your social, occupational, or you know areas of functioning. So again, um, some overlapping symptoms. I think the the depression is more of the sadness and not wanting to be alive ish, you know, sort of symptoms. And the anxiety is more of the worry symptoms. So um, that might be another way to kind of distinguish it. So what's, you know, why is it so bad to have anxiety and depression? And the, the reason is, is it affects long term health. Um, it significantly and negatively impacts your quality of life. Uh, obviously causes emotional distress, um, impaired social functioning, 
physical signs, increased cardiovascular disease. You see increased high blood pressure, increased cardiac, uh, heart attacks, strokes, increased substance abuse, phys other physical disorders and disability. In the end, it increases your mortality. Um, you're going to have a shorter life, and we don't want that. So um, if you have anything going on, it's important to get help. And so how do you improve some of the anxiety and depression? And, of course, if you have those severe signs, you're going to want to reach out for help. Um, I know some of you have already been trying to do things on your own. And um, maybe some of the things that you've done on your own are, you know, you've exercised, you're trying to eat healthy, you're praying, you're connecting with others, you're connecting with nature. You're spending more time relaxing, resting, decreasing your caffeine, alcohol, and substances. You might want to avoid the news or you're avoiding people, negative people, negative news. Um, you're keeping busy. I know um, recently uh, somebody said that somebody's, uh, you know, a relative died who they were very close to. And they said, I just keep busy because I'm so sad. I just, I don't want to think about it. And I want to just keep busy and move on. Um, and I know a lot of you are trying these uh, sort of techniques to deal with your anxiety and depression on your own. But in the end, I really do think um, it's important to get professional help. And there's more that can be done naturally. And there's more that can be done in a conventional setting as well um, to help with especially severe depression and anxiety. Um, many of you might have some mild symptoms and you can do some more than this, some more ideas of things that you can do. Um, but I always recommend reaching out to someone. And so that's kind of why um, I am excited to offer functional medicine for these areas. And I am treating um, mild anxiety and depression with functional medicine with success. Um, typically in a conventional model, we're going to give uh, your SSRIs and your antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. Um, the nice thing is, is we can integrate that with some other holistic methods, um, herbs, supplements, and we're going to talk about some of that. Um, but the functional medicine model is an individualized patient-centered science-based approach that is really about empowering the patients. And um, we and the patients work together to address the underlying root cause of disease and promoting not just wellness, but optimal wellness. We want to get you not just, you know, functioning, but feeling really well. And um, we dig deep. We look for your genetic, biochemical, lifestyle factors, and we take all that data and we make a really personalized treatment that leads to improved patient outcomes. And I'm seeing this um, with anxiety and depression as well. And so like I was just about to mention, some of this whole systems approach or solutions for mental health care is really about incorporating mind-body therapies, mindfulness, nutrition, and supplements, and really coaching people through making those lifestyle changes. But we do, of course, integrate uh, medications if, ne uh, if necessary. So one of the first things I really want to talk about is meditation and mindfulness and improving your relaxation. Um, mindfulness, I think these two terms get confused a lot. And mindfulness is the awareness of something. And meditation is the awareness of no thing. And I think this is a helpful distinction. Um, mindfulness is just being aware. You can do this anywhere, anytime. You know, you're paying attention. What am I thinking? How am I feeling? What is my behavior? 
just everything around you. Um, and you can practice it at any time. I think a lot of the time we're on autopilot and we're just going through our lives and we're, you know, oh, I got to get up and drink coffee and oh, but let me just take a minute to really smell that coffee and think about the joy this coffee gives me every day. It gives you a different awareness of your life and it helps you be fully engaged in what you're doing. Um, it's also the awareness that arises when we non-judgmentally pay attention to the present moment. It's about, and this is coming from John Kabat-Zinn, sort of the pioneer of mindfulness. And um, mindfulness releases these happy chemicals in the brain. It lowers blood pressure, improves digestion, relaxes um, tension, uh, relax, reduces pain. And it's super simple and easy to do. Meditation, on the other hand, I know a lot of folks tell me, oh, just meditation is so hard. I just can't sit in one, you know, in a, you know, sit on the floor with my hands up. You see the little image there and, you know, be quiet. And um, it takes practice. You know, meditation is about settling inward to a profound state of relaxation and rest. And the, the goal is really to achieve an inner peace without any concentration or effort. And I think a lot of people feel like it's a lot of effort to settle down. The more you practice it, the better it gets. And you do usually do it for a specific time period. Um, you know, find a quiet place in your home and sit down and really be quiet. I really have been um, encouraging people to do a sort of a, a different version of it, which is Shavasana, where you just lay on the floor because sometimes even sitting is uncomfortable. Um, and that can be an easier way to start sort of a meditative, meditative state um, than your traditional sitting uh, sort of uh, legs crossed. And mindfulness and meditation are like mirror-like reflections of each other. Mindfulness supports and enriches meditation, and meditation nurtures and expands mindfulness. Um, and that is sort of the, the idea of bringing these two pieces into your life. And this is specifically helpful for anxiety. I think it will help with depression as well. Another piece is exercise and movement. And I know walking is great and getting moving, but sometimes people aren't moving at all uh, when they have anxiety or depression. They feel overwhelmed by doing exercise. And so we want to incorporate some mind-body-spirit connection therapies. And I think this gentle movement can be really helpful to uh, just to helping settle the body uh, down. And um, here are some forms that are really popular. Um, I've tried a couple of these. Um, and I really love uh, yoga. Yoga's, uh, you know, my my jam, but everybody's different. Um, Kundalini yoga is the form of yoga where they do chanting, singing, breathing, and exercises and repetitive poses. And it's supposed to activate this shakti or this kundalini energy. And it's a spiritual energy that's located at the base of your spine. Um, Self-brema is a system that includes um, sort of exercises, which you can do on your own anywhere, anytime, uh, in your clothing. And it's you know, sort of a system of movements, gentle stretches, rhythmic movements, and unique postures. I think a lot of you probably have seen Tai Chi and Qigong. Uh, tai Chi is part of a Chinese martial art 
that's practiced for both self-defense and it's also uh, benefits of meditation. Qigong is a form of gentle exercise. It's rhythmic movements again, strengthening, stretching the body, increasing the fluid um, movement, the blood, the synovial, the lymph, enhancing your balance and proprioception, and then improving your awareness of just where your body and how it moves through space. Getting back in your body can sometimes help with these anxiety and depression, um, connecting the mind and body. Another one of my favorite techniques, um, which I just, you know, will even do if I'm talking to someone or I'm in a meeting, I guess if you're at a meeting, you can kind of, um, you know, and I'll show you, you can like hit the sides of your hand. You can, this is called the emotional freedom technique or tapping. And um, there's a website right there, the tappingsolution.com. You can learn how to do this. This is a chart that I um was able to get from another tapping provider and emotional freedom technique is kind of a psychologically you know acupressure it's a psychological acupressure and you just kind of create a balance of energy to treat pain and anxiety and it draws on many of the principles of ancient tradition ancient healing uh traditions of chinese medicine it focuses on the meridians or your energy hot spots and it Research shows that it decreases cortisol or stress hormone. And so you can just kind of, you know, it's very easy. You can just kind of stop at the, t start at the top of your head, your eyebrows, and, you know, just do what feels good. I know there's a chart there that tells you what to do, but um, kind of go through the algorithm. And then you kind of, when you do a couple of these, go ahead and try it. And what you'll find is you start feeling a little more relaxed. You should get an idea of how to do this. And there's other ways to do this. Again, activating the energies, getting that energy flow. And this is specifically really helpful for stress and anxiety. You can tell my voice has already come down a little bit. I'm a little more relaxed. Uh, obviously, always a little anxious when I start a presentation. And here I am. I feel a little better. Should have done the tapping before I started the presentation. Um, so we always want to look at food as medicine. And, of course, boosting nutrients is an important way to reduce anxiety and depression. Um, having foods as a way to boost your uh, nutrients and these nutrients are key to the biochemical processes happening um, you know we're looking at melatonin which is important for sleep when we improve melatonin we improve cortisol that's the other balancing hormone to that system and we reduce anxiety so reducing cortisol reduces anxiety um, you know, magnesium is, is important for sleep, relaxation, B vitamins, very important to your pathways for, um, for anxiety and depression, neurotransmitter pathways, antioxidants help with decreasing inflammation, same with omega-3, um, and these are the food sources here, you know, omega-3, a lot of fish products, but you can get it in flax and chia seed for those of you who are vegan. Uh, antioxidants, all those beautiful colors, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, red cabbage, B vitamins, 
your leafy greens, uh, your eggs, milk, uh, salmon, lots of things have B vitamins, magnesium, bananas. We always hear about bananas, but dark chocolate that, you know, might be why you're craving dark chocolate sometimes, avocados, uh, beans, nuts, and melatonin is in pistachios, fatty fish, rice, oats, and tart cherry juice is a really great source of melatonin. Melatonin is going to help with sleep. So again, looking for those foods that are going to help boost those nutrients to help reduce anxiety and depression. Another wonderful chart that I give to my clients is this, um, what I call the rainbow foods chart or the phytonutrient spectrum checklist. And this kind of gives you all the different colors of the rainbow that you want to eat. And we're not talking about Skittles. That's my big joke. We're talking about fruits and vegetables that are wonderful for your diet. You want to eat two of these a day. So looking for different colors to incorporate into your um, day, I think is really going to help boost all these different nutrients that are going to help you. So let's go on and talk about herbs and supplements. I think this is what a lot of you probably want to hear about um, in the uh, presentation about how can we improve uh, our symptoms naturally. And uh, these are some herbs and supplements that I use. And of course, uh, I always encourage everyone to go uh, see a provider before they start any of these. Make sure that they work with the medications that you're on, if you're on any. Um, and if you do uh, use them, you have someone as a backup if you're having any symptoms, side effects from using them. One of my favorite, uh, these are my four favorites, and um, I have another page of some some others that you can use. But for anxiety, uh, these are the favorites, and a lot of them uh, come from, two of them come from Ayurvedic medicine, holy basil and ashwagandha. Um, holy basil is helps with improving your memory, fatigue, depression, anxiety, respiratory issues. They protect the gut from the stress-induced conditions. So really helpful. Uh, it is a uh, you know, a lot of people grow this um, in India and they put it into the tea directly. Um, they steep it. Uh, it increases your immune function. Um, so it is a wonderful uh, herb. And ashwagandha is also from uh, Ayurvedic medicine or India, and it helps with anxiety, insomnia, muscle aches and fatigue and exhaustion. Uh, I really like ashwagandha. I feel like I respond really well to ashwagandha. Um, I know some people don't and we give them something else. Um, it has a balancing effect. It's called an adaptogen. It kind of works the way your body needs it to. It helps the immune system and it helps the thyroid function. You do want to be careful if you have thyroid disease of using ashwagandha. Again, check with your provider, um, but it does help with sleep and brain function. Rhodiola is another great uh, herb for stress and depression. It helps with brain function, fatigue, and immune function. Uh, it's considered rejuvenative. Uh, it's also stimulating, so you want to be a little careful if you've got a lot of anxiety or insomnia. And But it boosts your energy. And I love mushrooms. Really, mushrooms have so many wonderful benefits. And Reishi is the mushroom of immortality. Um, it's helpful for overall wellness. I have a mushroom powder. I take Reishi daily. Um, put it in your coffee or tea. Um, you know, just a little bit. You don't need a lot. Um, but it's great for anxiety and depression. 
calms the nerves, balances energy. It's a great immune booster. And of course, mushrooms have been known to help with uh, prevention, cancer, for cancer treatment, cancer prevention. Um, it helps the liver and decreases inflammation in the body. So really wonderful herbs to look out for, and they're available over the counter. But again, check with an herbalist or a provider, a healthcare provider, functional provider before you take any of these. There's some more things that you can find over the counter. I mean, especially if you're having some mild, you know, situational anxiety, there's a stressful day, you want to take something. I love teas. Uh, we drink honey lavender stress tea by Yogi every day. I also drink the Tulsi ashwagandha or Tulsi chamomile tea. Uh, you know, these are all great uh, herbs for anxiety. Uh, passionflower, chamomile, lemon balm, lavender, oat straw, skullcap, and hops. Uh, Melatonin is great for sleep, and we talked about magnesium earlier. We talked about magnesium-rich foods, but you can also buy magnesium powder. It's even at Costco. Uh, the brand name is called Calm, uh, which is pretty inexpensive. Uh, there are better versions of magnesium out there. That's a whole nother lecture topic, and um, but uh, there, that's an easy way to get magnesium. It can cause a little uh, loose stool, so you have to be careful for the amount. Uh, some people are sensitive to the magnesium citrate, and it causes sort of a a diarrhea-like effect, so you don't want to take too much. Um, you need to be a little, valerian root and kava are known really well for, there's kava teas, um, valerian root comes in like a tincture. Uh, they're great for episodic care. I wouldn't take them on a regular basis. Um, we don't really know the long-term effects of taking valerian root and kava on a long-term basis, so I don't recommend it on a daily basis. Okay, let's move on to depression. I have some of my favorites for depression, um, some supplements that I recommend. Um, we have our St. John's wort, which has had a lot of research studies on it. It is tr helpful for treating mild or moderate depression. It's as effective as an SSRI, and that's what the research, the research shows. Um, again, it may be any of these things, you know, especially the 5-HTP and the St. John's wort, you really want to be careful starting those um, and talk to a provider before you do. This is all available over the counter, um, but uh, I have seen some reactions to these. The 5-HTP, which is the 5-hydroxytryptophan, uh, increases serotonin levels and positively affects the mood. Um, it's... Uh, Basically, tryptophan is an amino acid, and um, it converts to serotonin and melatonin. So this is why sometimes it's used for depression, sometimes it's used for sleep. I take 5-HTP, and I get very activated by it, so I don't take it for sleep. So again, there might be a dose-dependent uh, action there, and um, there's not a lot of testing to make sure what's the right dose for anybody. So and you can get a serotonin syndrome, which is basically an exacerbation of serious side effects, um, anxiety being one of them, mania, suicidal thoughts on some of these. So again, you want to be really careful with dosing and talk to a provider before you use 5-HTP. Again, it's available over the counter, but you know, um, it just, it's needs some monitoring. Um, the vitamin B, uh, is, really important because we've seen vitamin B deficiencies linked to depressive symptoms. Um, 
And, you know, I talked about the vitamin B rich foods and, um, but you can buy a B complex, uh, you know, and that is, um, important to sort of, uh, you know, find a good quality product. Um, though the research hasn't shown that it can treat depression, I think it's helpful. And again, sometimes depression is a combination of, of things. And so adding a B complex is definitely going to be helpful. Uh, omega-3 is your building block for fat and fats in your body. And, uh, this is essential for the cell membranes. And so, um, Omega-3 is really important to decreasing inflammation in the body, and that may be how it's working with depression. And curcumin is also working on um, inflammation. And so research, again, is limited, but I do add these, and I do find people feel better once we start boosting um, their essential nutrients and decreasing inflammation. Two more not on this page here are vitamin D, and um, SAMe, and I think people hear a lot about SAMe. Vitamin D, we just have vitamin D deficiency. Most of us do. Every time I test someone, everybody's vitamin D deficient. And so vitamin D can be really helpful to uh, alleviating depression uh, and is important for multiple systems in the body. And as we get the vitamin D naturally through the sun, and as the sun is not out as much in the winter months, we do see vitamin D going down. And that might be why we're seeing some um, mood disorders uh, during the winter months. So I just increase vitamin D and you can also do it not only through pill form, but naturally by just being out in the sun for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, depending on your skin color, how long um, you should be out there. And then Sam E. SAMe is um, a naturally occurring compound in the body. It's going to regulate hormones and really the production of neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin. We're not really sure how it works, but we believe, well, what it is is part important part of the methylation cycle. And so um, it's important for uh, genes that involve breakdown of serotonin and dopamine. And so we really, you want to be careful with SAMe. I have had some patients have increased anxiety with SAMe. So again, something that needs to be monitored with a provider. And talking about neurotransmitters, I think this is a helpful test that I do uh, in functional medicine. Um, there isn't a lot of this testing out there. And I think the testing is still new and we're still learning more but in complicated cases, I have done the neurotransmitter testing and it has helped me identify where I need to address my interventions. Do I need to work on serotonin pathways, on dopamine pathways? Um, what's low? What's high? What do we need to be working on? And the wonderful thing about this test is not only test neurotransmitters, it tests the adrenal hormones, which are related to cortisol and stress, and then the sex hormones, because many uh, people are entering menopause and these sex hormones are interfacing with the other neurotransmitters. And so we are seeing a lot of issues um, on both ends, neurotransmitter and sex hormones. And sometimes people are coming to me and saying, well, I'm on hormone therapy and I'm supposed to feel a lot better. Well, we probably need to dig deeper and find out what's going on with your neurotransmitters. The hormones aren't enough. 
And so that's why I use this test sometimes to really help me identify what is the problem, what's the root cause, and can we tweak supplements to address those uh, pathways. And it does, you know, not, it's a little bit of trial and error, but we do get to the end and find the right supplement that might help your anxiety and depression. Sometimes some cases can be quite complicated and difficult to figure out that root cause. And in that sense, I do think there's genetic components to biochemical pathways that need to be addressed. And, and it, 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 But we can, we can figure it out. So I have one more slide. I do want to encourage people to reach out for help um, if you have any of these uh, issues. Um, you know, if you have any answer yes to any of these questions, then you definitely want to reach out and get help from a healthcare provider. Again, a mental health professional is so important in the process. When I see people for functional medicine, for anxiety, depression, I'm still wanting them to see a mental health professional for therapy to discuss their problems. There is a spiritual piece to this that needs to be addressed. It's not just about the physical, about the biochemical pathways. It is about connecting the mind, body, and spirit and addressing, um, you know, life issues, um, connections, relationships, things that need to be talked out as well. Um, are you, so here's the list. And if you have any answer, yes to any of these, please, please reach out to someone for help. Are you constantly tense, worried, or on edge? Does your anxiety interfere with your work, family, or school responsibilities? Are you plagued by fears that you know are irrational but can't shake? Do you believe that something bad will happen if certain things aren't done a certain way? Do you avoid everyday situations or activities because they cause you anxiety? Do you experience sudden, unexpected attacks of heart-pounding panic? Do you feel like danger and catastrophe are around the corner? Do you think or talk about death? Are you feeling hopeless? And do you feel like hurting yourself or others? So please reach out to us or anybody, you know, medical professional, even your family member, somebody to get help. Um, and then, of course, get to the right help. So we are here to help people with anxiety and depression. I specifically feel like if you are, uh, you know, having trouble, um, you're doing some of those natural things like exercise and, you know, all that first list I gave and you need, you feel like, no, you know, this isn't working and I need someone who can really help me holistically, you know, come our way. Um, you can set up a free 15 minute consult to talk with me about what you're experiencing and we can figure out if that's, a, if I'm a good fit for helping you. Um, I am based here in California and I'm taking clients from California and Arizona and we'll be getting licensed uh, on the West Coast um, in other states. And there's our phone number and email. Um, we're here for you. If you're on our website, this will get posted onto our website. If you're on our website, there is a consult button you can push to schedule a consult with me. Um, I hope the information here gave you greater perspective on how working with a functional medicine provider can help you with these issues. Um, and uh, I look forward to talking with you sometime soon. And if there's any questions, we can take that. Okay, there are no questions. I'm going to
Oh, I'm going to end the presentation. Thank you so much for attending. And we wish you all the best. Happy holidays to those of you who are celebrating. Happy New Year. And um, reach out and get some help uh, ASAP if you need it.